You're listening to the Hustler Hot Seat Podcast, episode number 30. In this episode of the podcast, I sat down with Brittany Mackey, a UX UI career coach that helps new UX UI designers advance their portfolio and interview skills through one-on-one coaching so they get hired. If you have ever considered getting a career in UX UI design, this episode is for you. Brittany talks all about how she feels about traditional forms of education. We get into what exactly UX UI design is. And honestly, Britt just gives some real good advice. So before I get into the episode, I do want to make an announcement that this is the last episode in season one of the Hustler Hot Seat podcast, and we will be taking a small break before we head into 2020. So I just want to say thank you so much for all of your commitment and dedication to listening to the episodes every single week. I do this for you. So enjoy the 30 episodes that are out, and I will see you guys in the new year. But before we do that, let's get into this amazing episode with Brittany Mackey. You're listening to The Hustler Hot Seat, and I'm your host, Kirsten Perry. I help young entrepreneurs turn their passions into profit-building businesses. From marketing for your niche to partnering with your ideal clients, I'm here to help and so are some of my fellow entrepreneurs. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax, worry about the hustle later, and let's get to it. Hey, Brittany, and welcome to the Hustler Hot Seat Podcast. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So we're just going to dive right in, and I'll have you tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I am a UX UI designer, um, and then I just launched my own online business for career coaching for entry-level designers like myself. Um, I can remember transitioning from a graphic designer into a UX designer. I did that about three years ago, and I did that through a boot camp here in Toronto called BrainStation. And then after I graduated, I job uh, hopped a little bit here and there, and I uh, started teaching actually at BrainStation as well, part-time. So went from student to instructor and I started to see this big gap from when students were graduating and uh, how how awful their job hunt was going and how hard of a time they had building out their portfolio and developing the types of soft skills needed for interviewing and, and all of that. There was no hand-holding from the boot camp. It was just like, you know, baby bird, flap your wings, push mm-hmm. out of the nest, better fly. <laughs> so, can, can you maybe just explain um, what the difference is between a graphic designer and a UX designer and a UI designer? Yeah, sure. I know a lot of people get really confused about all those different terms. So mm-hmm. uh, just Going backwards a little bit, too, I started out as a graphic designer back when I was like 18, 19. I was really artistic in high school, wanted a career that I could use my talents in. Um, So I graduated from my graphic design program, and then the world was shifting to digital, and print was dying off. So I went back to school in 2008 when the economy blew up, and I was let go from my uh, job in a sign shop. 
and decided to challenge myself with a web development program at Georgian College. And I hated the beginning. It was like trying to teach myself how to use the other part of my brain that didn't want to function. Um, but it was it was really great as a designer to learn, you know, the feasibility of the designs I was building and how I could actually code them and bring them to life. So then I became this like unicorn superpower, <laughs> able to do both, started hustling hard to um, sell myself as a dual uh, front end dev and designer. Um, and throughout my roles, I found that I was doing um, UX and UI. So UX means user experience. Okay. So it is the process of making a app or website or product um, a good experience for the user, like their journey with using and completing a task, trying to solve a problem for someone. Okay. Um, so you can think of, you know, some of the best companies like uh, Airbnb, they really champion UX, like creating the best user experience for their users. I don't know if you've ever booked an Airbnb. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's pretty great. Um, the All the steps that they've included are like well thought out to try and make it a seamless experience from landing and searching for your Airbnb. Um, it recommends different experiences while you're looking in that area and then you can check out really easily. Now UI is the actual um, interface the user interface. And so a UX designer will hand off wire prints typically to a, a, a visual designer or UI artist, and they will build out the visual look of all of those steps and wireframes. Mm. So UI is visual and UX is more strategy okay. and problem solving. Cool. I like that experience aspect of almost taking the consumer through the process of using the product. I really like that. Yeah. Um, so what was that transition like for you into becoming a UX designer? Did you always know that this was something that you wanted to do? Or was it like one thing led to another to another? And before you know it, you're like, oh, my gosh, I am a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked in marketing, like a marketing designer doing my um, web design and graph design. And although I liked what I was doing creatively, a lot of the time morally, I didn't like what I was doing. Um, you know, like selling people things that they didn't need or want. And I'm not really like solving anyone's problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember after my first job in Toronto, I actually moved to Australia and I lived mm-hmm. there for four years. And um, I had one of the best jobs I had over there as a digital designer, but I worked for uh, Ladbrokes, which is one of the biggest gambling companies in Australia. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even though I loved my team and the job was incredible. Morally, what I was doing was terrible. And mm-hmm. I, I really didn't like it. You know, I was enticing people to gamble, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, I think that like finding that sweet spot of what companies values are the same as mine, it's it's really challenging because at the end of the day you're like mm, money or my morals and values. And you don't want to say that your morals and your values are going to be compromised, but in order to live, you have to have money. So it's like finding that sweet spot yeah, and And finding the right people. It was really hard to find that sweet spot as a marketing designer or digital Mm -hmm. designer, because a lot of the companies I was working for weren't necessarily user focused and they weren't tech companies. 
And what I found when I moved back to Toronto was that transitioning into UX, I was learning about all these different startups and tech companies that really valued user experience and the user's needs and solving their problems. Um, and, you know, I didn't have to put my, my values and morals aside anymore. I could help people and also make money and feel really good about what I was doing mm-hmm. while solving some amazing problems. So it's been incredible. And also being able to teach junior designers is really rewarding for myself as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or did you get into like a corporate job and you were like, this isn't for me or what was that like? So my journey into entrepreneurialism, is that a word? That's the word, right? <laughs> <With now. laughs> entrepreneurialism um, started when I was a kid. Okay. So my dad was a huge inspiration to me. He was an entrepreneur. He owned his own um, mechanic shop and he did uh, like car restorations in the winter. And in the summers, he worked on people's cars and boat motors and all kinds of stuff. And he was super okay. handy. So growing up, I had, you know, my brother and I had an amazing childhood. My dad and mom hustled really hard to give us the lifestyle that they never had. And we traveled every year and we had a boat and then we traded that in for a pool. And then we traded that in for a cottage, a family cottage, which we still have. And I remember my dad, in order to like make that happen, he opened another business. And so he would go from his shop to this concrete business at night and on weekends in order to, you know, create that extra income in order to buy this cottage and make it happen. Mm-hmm. So when I was 12, he would pay me to bike down to the concrete place on weekends and run it, like open it mm-hmm. and run it. And at 12. At 12, yeah. I was really tall. I was really tall, so I was like, <laughs> I was older. And um, yeah, he was very charismatic, and I got that from him, I guess. And I would make sales like a boss, you know, like help people load stuff into their car, upsell them on different products. <laughs> and if I made, if I if I surpassed my quota that he gave me, he would throw me like an extra 20 bucks, right? Oh. <laughs> so I would make commission on that. And it was super cool as, as a, a young girl to um, have those types of goals and have my dad kind of pushing me and believing in me. Um, and, it, and it really instilled confidence in me and showed me what was possible in, when you work for yourself and you're your own boss. So mm-hmm. it's something I always knew that I wanted to do. I just didn't know how or what mm-hmm. my what my skill set would allow me to do. Um, mm-hmm. So... it's the perfect segue right now, me launching this online business and being able to be an online career coach. It's, it's everything that I love. You know, it encompasses Mm -hmm. helping others succeed in their journey and sharing knowledge with my, uh, you know, all of my design skills and my love of design with other people. It's, it's amazing. What do you think is one of the biggest deterrents that people have from kind of taking the leap into becoming a UX or UI designer? They think that they have to be artistic. Okay. I think a lot of people stop because they hear designer and they think, oh, I'm not an artist or I can't draw or, you know, I'm not creative. But it's not about visual 
design necessarily, unless you want to specifically go into um, visual design or UI, but it's about problem solving. And creativity comes in a lot of different forms. Creativity is a way of thinking. Just because you can draw doesn't mean you're creative. You might just copy other people's stuff and what you see, right? Um, a lot of cre- creative people in the world are not artistic and they're, they're not mutually exclusive. So I think um, that, is, that is a big deterrent. And also not knowing where to start. A lot of people, a lot of messages I get are like, I want to switch into this industry, but I don't know how, and I don't know how to apply my past work experience into it. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations? Um, I know a lot of school programs, if you're going into a design field like video game design, UX design, they ask for actual artwork. Um, do you have any like recommendations or tips for people if they have never even tried to draw something before, but they want to go to a school that's asking this in their like portfolio to apply? Well, so here's the thing. I don't necessarily believe in traditional schooling. I'm okay. a um, advocate of disruption and I love what the boot camps are doing to that industry because, uh, you could go through a two, three, four year program and it's already outdated within the first six months. And then you're mm-hmm. going into massive debt and it's going to take you, you know, three or four years. And, and that's a lot of time and money spent. Um, boot camps don't need you to have a portfolio of work. You can go in, apply your past experience. There's still like an interview and like a fit that you have to make sure that, you know, you're a good fit for the program. But Mm -hmm. in three months, you can transition into UX as an intern or a junior uh, much quicker and see a bigger return on investment than going through a a three or four year program. Mm, I Um, love that. So I would say like, you know, Go and do something maybe untraditional like that, an online boot camp, an in-person boot camp in a city that is, that you're living in because they exist now and they're becoming more and more popular than traditional college university routes because you get into the market quicker and you pay off your debt faster and then you, you're way ahead of someone who's taking a three or four year program. You've got three or four years work experience on top of them. Wow. And I'm sure it's probably a little bit cheaper than, say, taking that four-year degree-ish? Um, yes. Yeah. Because, like, you come out of a four-year degree and it's, like, 60 grand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, most UX boot camps these days, like, there's web development boot camps, data analytics, and UX design. Um, they all range ten to 15000 for the three months. Okay. But you get a lot with that three or with that, you know, yeah, the three months, you get support for um, job hunting with some of them. You get to go to really cool events, um, tech events in the city. They take you on VIP tours of different companies that you might want to work for that are hiring. Um, yeah, it, it can be a really great experience. And some of them are qualified to get OSAP as well. So, Oh, Nice. Nice. I really love that you you said that because I did record a podcast episode at the beginning when I first started about why I didn't feel I needed my post-secondary education to do what I'm doing now. And yes, it gave me some extra knowledge, but I still had to teach myself so many things. And a lot of applied skills. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I learned in my university degree is like I don't even use it. And you're right when you say it's outdated. And I was in marketing 
And everything is just evolving too fast for education, which is where I do kind of think we're going to be shifting away from those traditional forms of education. Yeah, 100%. This is something I'm really passionate about. I would love mm-hmm. to like in the future when I'm like a bajillionaire, I want to open up my own line of like independent schools. Cool. That is alternative thinking and, and, you know, how to live in the new world we're living in now. Um, because the way that the curriculum is updated in our country, it just moves way too slow for yeah. elementary and secondary and post-secondary. It's way too mm-hmm. slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like soft skills, we don't really learn that. We don't learn of anything um, applied. A lot of university grads have to end up going back to college and learn something you know, tangible to use their skills and they're already in so much debt. <laughs> Literally me, because I wanted to take on more of a graphic design approach and I had to teach myself how to use Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator. Like I had to teach myself how to do that because none of my university classes taught me. And then I started to think, I'm like, maybe I should have gone to college instead of going to university. But because I took academic classes in high school, they were like, you're going to university and it didn't matter, you know? So it's just a a very interesting way of thinking and like the way that society kind of portrays that and pushes it. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I was Um, because in high school, like I took all academic classes too and I got good marks, but I knew as a high school student, like I am not going to university no one is going to force me to do that. Like, I do not want to go write essays for four years. I want to go and work as soon as I can. And some of my family were like, that's not a good idea. You know, you need a university degree in order to make it in the world. Um, I've I've proven them wrong now. Not to say that going to university is a bad step. For a lot of people, it's a great step. Like my brother, who is now a chiropractor, he had to do his four-year kinesiology degree in order to get into um, CMCC. So depending on your career, yeah, you might have to go to university. But I think as a creative, you don't necessarily have to. Yeah. I think it's really kind of refreshing to know that and to know that if schooling isn't your like if if going to school for university is not your Your jam your jam it's not your jam and there's other options and I think that that's beautiful and I wish that people were taught that I wish that people knew that and I also think it's a little unrealistic to think that people that are 17 18 years old are supposed to just know Oh my God, yeah. I agree. I agree so much with that. It irks me. And <laughs> yeah. they put so much pressure on you as like a 17, 18 year old. Like, this is your life. This yeah. is the biggest decision you'll ever make. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's this like, is- okay, you need to relax. <laughs> yeah. like, you're not allowed to, like, you know, drink or get a, you know, do all these things, but make the biggest decision of your life and, and your and career right time. now and spend all this money. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And a lot of um, students end up just going to university for the hell of it because they feel like they have to end up flunking out or wasting time and money. They don't really learn about what they want to do until, you know, two years in. I really believe in taking time off after high school. So I took time off and I did a co-op and I worked at the same time. And it really taught me about like what I wanted out of life. Like I didn't want to work at Home Depot anymore, (laughs) that's for sure. So understanding like the you know, what it takes to actually make a paycheck mm-hmm. and how much that's worth to you mm-hmm. and how to, to get out ahead. I also believe that going out and traveling is a big way to learn about yourself and develop a lot of soft skills that you need in the job market. 
um, that has been a huge win for me that, you know, when I was job hunting, a lot of hiring managers really respected me for like going out and doing trips mm-hmm. like that and learning about different cultures and having to problem solve when things go wrong. You know, it's a really good learning experience to go and travel and be on your own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you went to Australia, correct? For four years? Yeah, I went to Australia. I just like hated my job in Toronto at the time. So I quit. Yeah. I was like, I'm moving to Australia by myself. <laughs> my family said, what? <laughs> Why? I was like, because I want to. And and I asked a couple friends if they wanted to come. They're like, nah, I don't know. So I was like, you know what? I don't have time in my life yeah. to like, wait for people. So I'm just going to go. Yeah, like, It's Australia. It's safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're part of the Commonwealth, right? <laughs> it's not that scary. Yeah. Um, so I hopped on a plane and went and landed in Sydney and, and went and set myself up in a hostel and met, you know, all the girls in my room. They're awesome. Met a bunch of friends. Then flew up to Brisbane and got a job and started working. Um, I only meant to stay for a year, but then I met a guy and then I stayed longer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So the story goes. And, um, <laughs> man, like moving to a different country and having to figure everything out on your own really shows you what you're capable of and teaches you who you are without, you know, family or friends influencing your decisions. Um, I really value like that time I spent there, even though like there's a lot of, you know, heartbreak that goes along with that move. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to work as a strawberry picker to get my visa to stay Mm -hmm. while I was there. You know, I was engaged to this guy, he lost his dad. And then my dad was diagnosed with um, brain with a brain tumor. And after I moved home, he passed away. So, and then, you know, that relationship fizzled out. Mm Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, there's a lot of stuff I learned from that and a lot of bad, but there was so much good that came out of it. I do think that the move doesn't have to be as like drastic as moving to a different country. For me, I moved from a small city called Windsor. I don't even know if you know. Sometimes yeah, I, know. I say it to people here in Toronto and they're like, where? I know but... Windsor, girl. I grew up in a small <laughs> town outside of Toronto called Featherton. You've never heard okay, of Okay, I've never heard of that. <laughs> there are literally like cows included in the population, I swear to God. There's like maybe 20 of us, 20 people. There's no stores. There's no public transit. There's nothing. You get your license at 16 in order to have any kind of freedom. Um, so, yeah, I know about the small town. Like, so moving to Toronto for me when yeah. I was uh, 19 to go yeah. to school. Yeah, I loved it. Like for Toronto. me, the move was like life-changing and just being like my family's in Windsor my like a lot of my friends are in Windsor but just being here on my own is like a huge wake-up call and I know that I'm independent and I can do it but I'm learning so much so fast just by being on my own and not having the ability to rely on like my family to kind of pick up the pieces like no Kirsten you're picking up the pieces it's you do you pick so, up pieces? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, um, I do want to just kind of transition real quick into like confidence and mindset, because schooling is obviously like one part of of becoming a UX designer, a UI designer. You need to have some sort of education on how to do it, but there's 
with with being an entrepreneur, there is such a, a specific mindset you have to have in order to build the confidence to just go out and do it. So when you're working with people that are ready to make that transition, how do you kind of walk them through that? Or how do you aid them in building up that confidence? So for me, and I, I tell everyone this, like confidence comes from taking action. And it's really scary to hear that because a lot of people will wait like sometimes their entire lives for that sign or, Mm -hmm. you know, to feel confident to, to take the leap or to make a decision and it's never going to come. It's Mm -hmm. never going to feel good or like you're ready. You just have to blindly leap and have faith that things will work out. And I think that's how I developed a lot of my confidence. I've been leaping since I was a kid Mm -hmm. and things have always seemed to work out because I make them work out. And if you don't move forward, you're never going to be able to gain that type of confidence. So when I work with clients one-on-one, I push them outside of their comfort zone because you can't grow unless you try new things and Mm -hmm. and push yourself out of that like comfortable circle that you live in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I challenge them to maybe like go to a networking event if they don't like to go to them and and make a connection with a new person on a human level, not just Mm -hmm. like surface level stuff or post their first um, uh, piece of work on dribble. They're so scared of, of getting um, bad comments or being judged. They don't want to do it. I'm like, just do it. What's, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? And is it really going to affect your career that badly? Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's, it's all about taking action and, and pushing my clients to take the steps needed to achieve their goals. They, they will tell me their goals, but then they're so scared to take the steps to get there, right? Yeah. So it's my job to hold them accountable for them and really push them outside of their comfort zone. And it's, it's great. I, I love doing it. And I love seeing the results that come from it. So if you want to develop some confidence, take some scary steps in your life. <laughs> And it was hard to build. <laughs> it's always easy to dream, but it's always harder to take action. And I think oh, that yeah. that's normal because you can sit in your bed and you can be thinking about these great ideas. But then what, what happens when you just let those ideas fester and then you don't do anything about them? Yeah. Like you're right. The biggest growth, I would say, comes from taking action and failing and trying again and failing and failing and failing. And then you succeed and you're like, oh, my gosh, wait this is actually working. And then you go with it. Like, like it happens so fast and it's exciting and you can't be like scared of the failure, you know, it's learnings, right? Like learning failures don't stop from it. Um, Some of the best people, most successful people in the world have failed so many times. And some of the best companies, like look at Steve jobs, he was fired from Apple and you know, they didn't want to go in in the direction he wanted to go in and, and, they kept failing with product and they weren't selling. And then finally they had a massive breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with people like Thomas Edison, who everyone thought he was crazy. Like if you're the, sometimes when you're like a first mover, you're the crazy one, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you just have to like keep at it. Cause one yeah. day, you know, everyone else is going to think they were the crazy one. <laughs> Cause they didn't do it. Exactly. Uh, so at the end of every episode, I do this thing called the rapid fire five five questions you just shoot out the first thing that comes to mind okay. everyone, everyone gets so scared about this part. like this is the best part oh, yeah. okay. All right. so All right. your favorite, favorite book favorite book is um 
uh, love the chance of drowning. It was this, it was this like cute love story about a designer from Australia that moved to San Francisco and met this guy and they sailed on a sailboat back to Australia. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And I, I, I liked it because of the cover, you know, you're not supposed to judge a book Um, by its cover, but I bought it because of the cover art and I ended up really (laughs) loving it. (laughs) What's the title again? Love with the chance of drowning. Okay. I like it. Um, what is your favorite social media platform? Instagram, because it's visual. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> your go-to takeout food? Pizza. Mm. Oh my god, like wood oven fired pizza oh. with hot chili peppers. <laughs> Spice it up. <laughs> yeah, spicy, much like myself, yes. <laughs> um, the best advice you've ever received? Just do it. Like, not a Nike commercial, but from, <laughs> from, like, my dad and other people who are, like, you know, I was, like, I want to do this. And they're, like, just go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your go-to dance song? Um, or artist? Talkie Talkie. You know, I've never heard of that. No. Sing it for us. And it's like. <laughs> I love it. I've had nobody sing on here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, embarrassing. Go no, listen I love to Tucky it. Tucky. It'll get you moving. I'm going to listen to it today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, where can the audience find you online? All right, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is uh, ambitiously Brit. I share all kinds of great UX tips and goodies. And I also work with clients one-on-one. And if you're interested in that, hit me up. Slide into my DMs. <laughs> I love that because people are always like scared to do that. They're like, I don't want to be the person that slides into the DMs. But that's what everybody wants. Everyone wants Nobody, I, nobody I uses email. First. I'll like slide into my new followers DMs and be like, how are you doing? <laughs> You're like, I see you. I see you. Welcome yeah. to my account. I love that. Well, Britt, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm super excited to share this with my audience and really get the people that are interested in this industry to kind of like come up from the dirt. You know, I feel like there's people that want to do this. They know they want to do this, but they don't know how. And you've given them all of the resources now to do it. So I just want to say thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me. This was awesome. And yeah, to anyone listening who's interested in transitioning into UX, I've been there. I've done it. Come talk to me. Let's go. <laughs> Woohoo! She'll get you fired up. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brett. I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. See you, everyone. <laughs>